It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just keep Well, down. welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, Certified Nutrition Specialist and Licensed Nutritionist. Today's show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. Today, we are going to talk about factors that affect both men and women's fertility. You know, we're going to start with male fertility. I don't know if you realize this, but the Mayo Clinic found one-third of all cases of infertility are related to men's problems. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. So joining me in this discussion is our co-host, Kate Crosby. Kate is a nutrition educator and counselor. She sees clients at our North Oaks office and also in our Lakeville location. So welcome, Kate. You'll Thank also you. be teaching our two-hour nutrition and fertility class at the North Oaks location on Wednesday, June 5th, and it's starting a little bit early. It's starting yes. at 4.30 to 6.30. Yes. So welcome love... to the show this morning. Well, thank you. And I'd like to welcome everyone to this class, Nutrition and Fertility. You know, if you can come as a couple, that would be wonderful. But we realize that everybody's schedules are pretty busy these days, so it may not be possible. So if just one of you can come and share the rest of the information, that would be great. It may surprise you that butter, heavy cream, and full-fat yogurt are on the menu to increase fertility. Oh, that's going to get men there. Yes, that is a good, tasty one. Eating well is really critical for increasing fertility. So when we think about your fertility and tie it to your nutrition, you may be thinking, that's a new thought. Who came up with nutrition as a treatment for infertility? Well, really, it's not a very new concept. Oh, you mean I didn't come up with that one? <laughs> no, no. You may have tried to weave that in, but ancient cultures really believed that nutrition was critical for fertility for both men and women. That's kind of, that's, that's really interesting, isn't it? Both men and women. Mm-hmm. So these ancient cultures, uh, people when people were desiring conception, they followed an especially nutrient-rich diet. So what does that mean? Well, usually the diet was high in good fats, fatty meats, high-fat fish, think salmon, full-fat dairy products, fish eggs like caviar. So these cultures planned nutritionally for conception and to have healthy babies. That's really interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That they actually planned. They planned for their conception and to have healthy babies. So they so changed they their, well. they ate well. They actually ate, I mean, ancient cultures typically ate pretty well anyway, but then they even ate better. Richer, yes. fattier foods. So they really understood that for good fertility, for both men and women, they needed a diet that were really rich in nutrients. You know, I think today, little thought is given to nutrition So infertility is really a common problem now. It is. You know, about, Kate, about 6 million American couples struggle with infertility. That's about 10% of the couples in their 20s. Okay. That's 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 pretty high. high. 
And, you know, they're having fertility problems in about 30% of those in their early 40s. And those typically are the clients that we see. Mm -hmm. Typically, Mm -hmm. you know, late 30s, 38, 39, 40, 42, 44. I think my latest, oldest client that I worked with that actually had a baby, I believe she's, when we started working, she was 44 but oh. as she did deliver and have a healthy baby at 46. so But she had a lot of things that she had to change nutritionally to get to that point. So, you know, isn't it interesting, strange as it may seem, farmers and ranchers know more about how nutrition affects fertility in cows and pigs than many doctors understand how nutrition affects reproduction <laughs> in humans. Oh, yes. You know, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> But we, I mean, we have actually kind of put together plans and thought through this. Often. Often. And question a lot of things about nutrition. As it relates to fertility. I mean, it creates, you can create fertility or you can cause some infertility based on what you eat. In the past, really, no one had really studied fertility. But finally, there was a major fertility study um, conducted by the Harvard Medical School researchers, Dr. George Shavaro and Dr. Walter Willett. And actually, at one time, Kate, we had Dr. Shavaro on the show. Oh, really? So that people can go back and listen to him on one of the podcasts. I don't know. It was, you know, the title had to be something with fertility. Good, good. Well, and that study was conducted in 2007. Mm -hmm. So these Harvard researchers looked at the role of diet, exercise, weight control, just to see how any of those factors affected fertility. So this study included 18,000 women, you know, and that's a lot of women. Yes. And it was part of the nurse's health study. And each of these women said that she was trying to have a baby. So over, and they studied this for a long time, and so over eight years that followed up, Mm-hmm. Most of them did, but one in six women had trouble getting pregnant, and there were there were no mm. men part of this study. It was the nurses, but study I promise for... <laughs> we're going to talk about you know male fertility f- pretty First. soon here. Yes, yes. <laughs> so here's a clue about the study's findings: full fat milk was good, mm-hmm. but skim milk was not. Full fat cottage cheese was perfect. But that low-fat variety, not so good. High-fat ice cream was a good solution for this fertility issues. But frozen yogurt was not good. So this was interesting, Kate. Dr. Shavaro and Dr. Willett, they were scratching their heads when they came up with these results because it is absolutely not what they anticipated at all. No. They thought low-fat was going to be the answer. Uh Uh-huh. But actually, say that one more time for people, because I think that that is just really interesting. Full-fat milk, yep. full-fat cottage cheese, and high-fat ice cream. Those were good for fertility. And the low-fat was? Not working. Okay. Didn't work. So there seems to be a thread of fat being woven into the story about fertility. You know, ancient cultures and today's women do better with High-quality, fatty foods, but we're going to look at male infertility. Let's do that right now. (laughs) So uh, approximately one in five couples in the U.S. seeks infertility care. So one out of five. Half of these couples achieve pregnancy easily, but about one in ten couples 
are infertile, and male infertility accounts for about half of those cases. I think that's kind of new information for a lot of people. Well, most people consider infertility a female problem, I don't, I think. I think that's true. Um, but male infertility accounts for about half the the cases here. So uh, it's an increasing pressing problem. Here's one reason. Sperm counts have dropped more than half over the last 50 years. So 50 years ago, sperm counts were twice as high. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, isn't that's it? That's huge. And that's not very long ago. No. It really no. isn't. Exactly. And there's, so there's been a big change in the last Something's happened. 50 years. So there's, you said, 50% reduction in sperm count. Yes, yes. But, you know, as we kind of alluded to this, traditionally, infertility evaluations have always focused on women. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the lifestyle and nutritional habits that negatively impact male fertility? And I'm wondering if we should get into this whole list now, yeah, go ahead. or should we take an early little bit of an early break, or what do you think, Kate? We, we can do either. Yep, okay. we can do either. All right. Well, let's get into some of the things, the lifestyle and nutritional habits that negatively impact male fertility. Guess what? What's top of the list? Smoking. Okay. It significantly <laughs> decreases sperm count and sperm cell activity. So that means they're not moving very well. That's right. All right. So smoking can reduce sperm count by 13 to 17%. So the old Marl- Marlboro man yeah. smoking a cigarette. Now, a lot of you guys won't even know what, the, what <laughs> yeah, that who is. who that was. <laughs> but, <laughs> we used to Star see him in all the magazines, advertised in all the magazines, with this cigarette hanging out and looking real, real macho. Yep. But look it. He probably had a low sperm count. Maybe a fertility problem. And probably a low testosterone count. Mm-hmm. Interesting, isn't it? You know, exactly what the advertisers would want us to believe Believe was the opposite. Yes, exactly. So smoking, what we're trying to say, if, if you're, if, if you're a man and you're wanting to conceive, it's like, you're probably going to have to quit smoking. Quit that smoking. Another one, long-term use of marijuana. Oh, you know what? That, we know that one. That's a really deadly for sperm count. Yeah, yeah. And chronic alcohol use. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and I'm not saying a, a glass or two of wine a couple of times a week, are we? We're saying lots of Daily. wine or lots of beer, or lots of hard liquor. And basically what that does is it lowers the testosterone mm-hmm. levels, mm-hmm. which is kind of surprising, isn't it? Yeah. Also doesn't fit with those advertising pictures that we have in our minds. Right. And, you know, anabolic steroid use. So people that are into lifting weights and doing, I mean, those are the people that I think would be uh, lots of weights. I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, bodybuilder kinds of people. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, or, you know, we've we've heard about that use in high schools these days. In colleges. Yeah. Football players. So, which, again, you picture them as having lots of testosterone, lots of sperm, but maybe not so. Exactly. 
You know, another surprising one oh, is... Oh, we'll hold that we one. On this yeah, one? let's yeah. hold on that let's one. Let's wait for Look. this one. We are about to take a break here. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Again, I want to invite you all to this class, Nutrition and Fertility, that I'll be teaching Wednesday evening, June 5th in North Oaks. If you want to attend, call 651-699-3438 to sign up. Sperm counts have dropped more than 50% over the past 50 years, with St. Paul and Minneapolis area men having some of the lowest sperm counts. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Lots of fertilizers here that may affect that. Yes. That mineral zinc increases sperm count and sperm production and improves the sperm motility. It also helps with testosterone levels. So if you've got questions for us today about fertility, give us a call at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Allow me to blow your mind. Ready? Fat doesn't make you fat. You okay? Still listening? All right, I got another one. Sugar substitutes actually cause you to gain weight. Whoa, is it opposite day? Nope, just dropping a little science on you. The kind you'll learn at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. The kind that will teach you how to eat real food that gets you to your real weight and makes you feel real good. For good. Because the point system doesn't add up. The starvation diet is mean. And you can count on calorie counting to let you down every single time. Learn to eat the way people did when obesity was an exception, not an epidemic. And learn how much delicious, real, vital food you can eat. That's the part that will really blow your mind and eventually your butt right off your backside. To sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, last week on Dishing Up Nutrition, Cara and Katie discussed how high levels of toxic estrogen can increase your risk of developing cancer. So today we are linking high toxic estrogen levels to infertility. And we're going to link that in as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. It really is important to adopt a nutritional plan to detox these harmful estrogens. And and whether it's for fertility or whether it's for cancer prevention, it's important to start a plan that helps to get rid of these toxic, toxic estrogens. So how and do you one, do that? One way to do that, Kate, is to eat spinach for breakfast or maybe some kale or maybe some Brussels sprouts or some cabbage, or some broccoli. And if you eat that with your eggs and meat in the morning, or you put spinach in your shake, or however However. you get it in, it's a very effective way to detox estrogens, extra estrogens, those toxic estrogens that we're talking about. Now, a very effective supplement to detox estrogens that we recommend for both men and women is something that's called estrofactors. And basically, we suggest three a day for three months Mm -hmm. to bring Mm -hmm. that estrogen level down. Now, some of the nice side effects is it clears up acne for some people. Yep. And it sometimes helps with weight loss. Yep. And for some women, if they've got hot flashes, I mean... They disappear. They disappear. So those are kind of nice ways to think about bringing that toxic estrogens down. Absolutely. You know, before we went to break, Dar, we were talking about male infertility, and you were mentioning that, 
you know, um, smoking, marijuana use, those are alcohol, alcohol consumption, steroid use. That's Mm -hmm. all going to decrease fertility for men. But here's one that might surprise some overly intense exercise. So, so what is what what does that mean? Over intense exercise. Think of maybe a long distance biker. Oh yes. Um those that activity can result in a testosterone deficiency. But even something as simple as tight underwear can decrease fertility in men as well. And actually, Kate, I have a real example of mm-hmm. a client that I worked with, and he was a long distance biker. And I finally convinced him that he had to stop doing that. Lo and behold, now they have two kids. Oh, lovely. So nutritional deficiencies can lead to low or marginal testosterone levels. You know, just even that, like something, men can be deficient in zinc or vitamin C. Mm -hmm. Or they may be eating bad fats in French fries, pastries, frozen pizzas. (laughs) There's a lot of different things that affect that level. Yes. Amazing. Bad fats can, can really increase infertility. Um, even exposure to toxins. Think things like pesticides and herbicides like atrazine. Yes, that is really um, one of I the hear. leading problems with the Minneapolis-St. Paul. I think it's all in, this runoff in the water system. From the farmers? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, exposure to lead paint or radiation, mercury, boron, some heavy metals, all of these can, can affect men's sperm. Uh, they're almost all universally estrogenic again, similar to what we were saying just a minute ago. So it actually, what that means, Kate, is it, they, they actually produce more estrogen. They're estrogenic or they're estrogen-like chemicals. Exactly. So they've been found to increase cancer in both men and women. They can damage the immune system as well as impair this male fertility, causing an insufficient production of sperm. And that's what we're focusing on here. Remember when before break, when we were talking about the 50 percent lower levels or production of sperm sperm in especially in this Minneapolis-St. Paul area, is is what's going on right now. In the past 50 years, that's what's happened. In the happened. past 50 years, general sperm production has been reduced by 50%, especially in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Actually, I think we're one of the worst. Yes, we are. And so if you think about what surrounds Minneapolis-St. Paul, it's farm kind of country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and a lot of the research is pointing to the chemicals that are put on the crops, either whether it's fertilizers or the atrazines or these kinds of chemicals. Absolutely. And that's getting into our water and into our food. foods. Mm-hmm. So that's really what we're really saying, that that's causing an insufficient production of sperm, aren't we? That's it. So clinically, I kind of understand and often see all these reasons a man may be experiencing fertility problems. But I see another issue that is often overlooked. Hmm. And we've kind of been talking about it a little bit, but, you know, men today have very high levels of estrogen. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. estrogen. You know, and I think most people think of estrogen as being a female, hor- female hormone, right? And only women can have it. Yes. But, but again, because of the contaminated water, 
pesticide use, mm-hmm. alcohol use, marijuana use, even belly fat, mm-hmm. and overconsumption of processed carbs and trans fats, men have really high levels of this toxic estrogens. I mean, we can go back over that list, which is really interesting to think about. And those are the culprits. You know, I mean, you know, things that a lot of people, maybe men listening, they say, well, you know, I'm, I, I'm not an over, I don't over drink. You know, I yeah. have a glass of wine once a week. But well, do you have fries? Uh, yes. <laughs> do you have fries? <laughs> That's right. Well, they may say they have one beer, but like you said, do they have fries? Yeah. And yeah. do they stop for that pastry in the morning with their mocha? Uh-huh. 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 So it would be full of trans fats. Yes. That'll cause some extra toxic estrogens. Yes. So, you know, often in these, in, in our nutrition counseling sessions, we set up nutrition plans to help detox these extra toxic estrogens. It might be a slow process, which might include a reduction in the alcohol and sugar and the processed carbs like the pastries and the fries. We may also um, ask you to eliminate foods that are high in trans fats and refined oils, like so, those baked goods. Yes. So it's really, we help people change their nutrition, basically, so that they can actually increase their fertility. So a lot of people think this. Yes. A this soy is... shake is healthy. Think again, please. Yes. <laughs> In a research presented at the 63rd Annual Meeting of American Society for Reproductive Medicine, again by the Harvard School of Public Health, found estrogen-like compounds in soy foods can decrease sperm count. So soy might not be so hot after all. And where would people be, you know, it's like people do these soy shakes. Soy shakes, soy bars. Soy bars, yes. Mm -hmm. So often if you look at the first ingredient in many of these protein bars, it will either say sugar or it'll say soy. <laughs> so it's not a good choice if you're trying to increase your sperm count. Exactly. It, you know, for a lot of people, it's going to take sort of a, a nutrition makeover to increase sperm count and sperm motility. It's worth it because not only is there going to be more sperm that moves better, but that future dad will be feeling better than ever before. Exactly. And that's and the, the fun part. Yes, and I think, Kate, we should probably take a break right now. Mm -hmm. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We often say change your nutrition to change your life. If you're struggling with infertility as a couple, we can help you. We've helped many couples change their nutrition to increase their fertility. Many babies have showed up a year or two later. So if you need to lose weight or reduce PCOS, which we're going to be talking about, sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss program starting the week of June 11th. Eat great for the summer, lose weight, reduce your insulin resistance, and get healthy. Sign up for a class. You can call 651-699-3438. You'll find locations and times once you call. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. This has been an interesting past week because I had many new clients that came in for nutritional counseling because they had been experiencing 
many, many episodes of diarrhea daily. You know, 10, 14, mm. I mean, lots of diarrhea. They're always on bathroom alert. Ugh. And some of these clients are experiencing something that's called C. diff. Mm-hmm. And that comes from taking antibiotics. And diarrhea is is really a nutrition problem. And usually, within about two to four weeks, once you work with people and get the right nutrition, diarrhea is gone. Mm-hmm. So it isn't necessary to be housebound or to avoid social situations. And this is what I see happens to a lot of people that have this chronic diarrhea. Absolutely. They don't fly. I mean, it's just too hard. All these things. Their whole day is planned around where is the next bathroom stop. Right. So, you know, it's it. we look at it as fairly easy problem to solve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we do on a daily basis. We work with people that we solve that kind of a problem. Absolutely. So if you need that appointment for something like that, just call 651-699-3438. And if people have questions about fertility, our, the studio number is 651-641-1071. And we a have a caller call right now. One right now. Liz, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Well, hello. I love, I love your program. Talking about a runoff of uh, these chemicals, how about our golf courses? Ooh, yes. And even our lawns. And this uh, diarrhea bit, I have a friend, every time we eat out, she has to run to the bathroom. Yep. She, she blames it on the water or the coffee. We were in a restaurant the other day. I saw, I saw them, somebody bring in ice in a van. From, from the big bag of ice, she used her hands to put this ice into big plastic containers to carry in. Now, I believe that huh. may be part of the problem. Well, I think Possibly. a lot of, I think underneath your friend could use a little balancing intestinally. So yes. <laughs> I, I think she's I, got. I, I use your products. I love them. Okay. Oh. Thank you. Okay. Yes. I think you've got a good point on the golf courses. And, and Kate, you were. Well, I have friends who will not play golf anymore due to the amount of herbicides and pesticides on the golf yes. courses. Yes. It's, um, yes, I, you know, and that's true. I think people need to be aware of that. They just so, won't be exposed to it anymore. Mm-hmm. So. so thank you for the call. I mean, that's great information because people just don't realize something that basic that could be causing, could be either causing their infertility or it could be causing, because it could be causing more cancers. Gain, cancer. Yeah. You know. You know, prostate problems, all those things. Yes. So thanks for the call this morning. Thanks, Liz. You know, we were talking about male fertility. How about women's infertility now? So now we're going to focus on women. You know, there are many causes of infertility in women, but one of the leading causes is something that's called PCOS Mm -hmm. or polycystic ovarian syndrome. So you say, what are some of the signs and symptoms of PCOS? You know, at least one one out of 20 women of childbearing age suffer with with PCOS. That's, I mean, one one out out of 20 20. women. Okay. So what are some of the symptoms of this condition? Well, infertility is a real clue, but there's some other signs. Things like acne. Yes. Or facial hair. Yes. Skin tags, those little 
tiny, they're not moles. They're just, they, they just look like skin tags. Uh, they look just like they sound. Or problems with your period. Those are all signs of PCOS. So what does that mean when you say problems with your period? Maybe you don't get it for 40 days. Yes. Or maybe you don't get it for three months or six months. Yes. Or it's usually... It's not regular. It's not regular, and it's usually quite infrequent. Mm -hmm. And even the acne, I mean, one of the things that I've noticed is it's it's often, yes, it's often along the chin line Mm -hmm. where this is a sign that you get that maybe you have polycystic ovarian syndrome. You know, also many women gain weight when they have this, and especially that belly fat. Mm-hmm. And many women have anxiety and depression with PCOS. Absolutely. So women with PCOS have ovaries that create just a, an abundance of follicles each month, but no eggs. So they produce a lot of follicles without producing an egg. No egg for the sperm to attach to, so no pregnancy occurs. That's basically what's happening here. So if you're a listener and you have PCOS, you might ask, how did I get it and how do I get ovulation back on schedule? Because you have to have ovulation to get pregnant. Yeah. So first, PCOS is usually associated with insulin resistance. Hmm. And the next question to logically follow would be, How and where did I get insulin resistance? (laughs) Yes. Well, insulin resistance is a nutrition problem, which has led to your polycystic ovarian syndrome, which results in infertility. So it makes sense that the treatment is not a medication, but it's truly a nutritional plan. I think that that's... That's the key here. That is the key. It is, it's nutrition. It's what you're putting in your mouth. That creates this insulin resistance. But I I, I want to advise you also that reversing insulin resistance and polycystic ovarian syndrome takes a little time and a well-thought-out nutritional plan, some nutrition education, support. With that in mind, let's give you some nutritional changes that can really help you today. So, Kate, can I go back to what you just said? You know, it takes a lot of nutrition education. And a lot of support. Because mm-hmm. what we're asking people really to eat in a way that probably their friends do not have to eat this way. And it yeah. goes against what we've been taught for so long. Yes. And you have to stay on a fairly structured, good eating plan. Mm-hmm. And so it's you need the support. To maintain in, that plan. Yes. So we, you know, often when we're working with people with PCOS, we see them every couple of weeks because it's, you need that support to change your basic biochemistry that is off balance. Exactly. But if you wanted to get it back on balance, and we can do that, we can help people get that way, Mm -hmm. is it takes some time. Yep. So let's talk about, again. What can we do here? All right. Well, what we want to do is... Replace fast carbs with slow carbs. Okay. Because the quality of your carbs directly affect fertility. So fast carbs are ones that raise your blood sugar very quickly. They are carbs that are easy to digest. You know, we call them processed carbs all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about pasta, bagels, crackers, cereal, 
cereal bars. So replace those fast carbs with slow carbs? Yes. So the slow carbs are things like vegetables, like broccoli or Brussels sprouts, spinach, kale, cauliflower, those green beans. Other slow carbs might be things like black beans or lentils. So really, chili is a perfect food to balance your blood sugar and start to reduce that insulin resistance, which is the key component of polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. You know, on our website, weightandwellness.com, we have a great chili recipe. Easy, 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 easy to make, but really delicious. And whenever we have an event, you know, like a work event, someone brings chili or we have someone bring in chili. And our chili is a little different than what you might think of as a lot of chilies. Ours has a lot of good meat, like grass-fed meat in it. That grass-fed beef is wonderful. A couple of pounds versus one can of kidney beans Mm -hmm. that have been been drained and rinsed. So you get rid of all the extra processed starch and carbs. And it's a very balancing kind of chili. And it works. People who've never had it, like remember the photographer the other day, sat down to a bowl and was like, wow, this is good. Yes. Yeah, it's delicious. So, you know, real food can be delicious and it is delicious. And I think that's something that people don't realize a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So, Dar, some more slow carbs. Well, you know, there's grains. I mean, once you can eat a little bit of grain and so, you know, slow Good whole grains are things like quinoa. Okay. Wild rice is a wonderful whole grain. You know, something that's called steel-cut oats, where the oats has just been cut with a blade, and that's why it's called steel-cut. It's cut by a blade, but it's whole. It isn't... It's not pressed or rolled. It's just a whole oat. Yes. So you might find it shocking to learn that your morning bagel or your mocha might be getting in the way of your fertility. That's what happens. So you also might be kind of shocked that your beer and pizza actually Uh might be getting in the way of fertility. And again, those are fast carbs. Yes. Or your carb loading on pasta and running a marathon might be getting in the way of fertility. And I think that I think that's a one that I know I've taught enough of the fertility classes. Yes. That that seems to be a big issue for people. You mean I have to stop my pasta yes. loading yes. and eating all my pasta and bagels? It's a very hard one for a lot of the 30-year-olds. Yes. That's what they've grown up on. Yes. So, Kate, let's before we keep going here, let's take a quick little break on Good. and come back to more about Fast and slow carbs. Slow carbs. Good. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Here are some facts to think about. 68% of the population is overweight. 12 to 24% of adults have type 2 diabetes. A lot of people. 12 to 24% of adults have type 2 diabetes. Sugar consumption in 1822 was, on average, 2 teaspoons per day. Not much. Now, in 2013, we consume 54 teaspoons of sugar daily. On average, we actually eat over 50 teaspoons more sugar daily per person than back in 1822. I mean, just think of that. 50 teaspoons more daily. 
You know, that sugar load could be the cause of an increase in infertility. I mean, 54 teaspoons is actually more than a pint of sugar daily. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of inflammation. Oh, inflammation and sugar? Ah, yes. Interesting. You bet. (laughs) Give us a call with your questions, um, and we'll be back in just a minute. When something is simple, it's called a cakewalk or easy as pie. Funny how there's no easy as pie diet. But now there is a plan to make shedding pounds simpler. It's called Nutrition for Weight Loss. That's right, using Nutrition for Weight Loss. Created by the nutrition experts at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, Nutrition for Weight Loss will teach you the secret to losing weight and keeping it off. Nutrition for Weight Loss will create a personalized plan for you. It will bump up your metabolism to help you burn more calories. And there's no frozen prepackaged or liquid meals. You eat real food. With Nutrition for Weight Loss, you never get that hungry, haggard feeling. The program uses the latest in nutritional science to keep you feeling satisfied. And you'll love the bounce in your energy level. Find out more about Nutrition for Weight Loss. Call 651-699-3438 or online. It's weightandwellness.com. That's weightandwellness.com. Getting the body you want is easier than you think with Nutrition for Weight Loss. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, we realize infertility is a very complex topic. And today we're just touching on a very few of the important points. And um, But in an individual consultation, we really examine what changes that you need to make nutritionally and how to rebalance people. So we've got a caller. Okay. All right. Angela. Good morning, Angela. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Yeah. You've got a question or a comment? Yeah, I have a question about um, sugar intake. And when you're trying to cut down sugar, what you can do, um, if there's any, not artificial sweeteners, but alternatives that you can use and how they might impact your blood sugar level. Mm -hmm. That's That's a great question. I think probably, don't you think, Kate, probably the safest one is as a, as a sugar substitute would be stevia mm-hmm. okay. because that does not increase uh, blood sugars and no insulin response. And, and there's, and it doesn't, it, as far as all the research shows right now that it doesn't affect any of the cells as some of the other artificial sweeteners certainly do. They block up, uh, you know, some of the neurotransmitters, yes. they, they block up and, and block up your, um, uh, Dopamine. dopamine, and they also block up uh, zinc and um, I think, what else going Beta into, carotene? oh, tyrosine into your thyroid. Mm-hmm. So it affects your thyroid, some of those other artificial sweeteners. How are you oh. using sugar? What is well, it that... You know, I'm, <laughs> I have a small child and I try to keep sugar low, but I do use it in coffee and I use it to bake. Um, I always cut the sugar in half when I'm baking. Um, but I have people in my life who are cutting out sugar completely, but they're substituting with honey or maple syrup. And I'm just wondering, does that even make a difference? No, it doesn't, especially honey. I think you can use a little bit of maple syrup. It depends on how sensitive you are. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got polycystic ovarian syndrome, probably not a good solution. Probably you have to go right to stevia. You know, the other thing I think of right off the bat is, um, balancing your nutrients, like getting a little more protein and some good healthy fats might decrease your desire for baked goods and sweets. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
and in that way, you, you, you won't even have to deal with the issue. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You know, you know if you're making a dessert, make a, a high fat, good fat dessert. Oh, what's one of your favorites, Dar? I just, you know, I, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I, I like berries and cream, um, berries and creme fraiche. Yes. All of those would be good, good. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for call. your call. We've yeah, got another so caller. Okay. Kelly, you've got a question for us? Uh, yes. I've heard celiac um, can affect... Definitely. Definitely can affect fertility. Mm-hmm. So do you have cel- celiac? I do, and I believe a number of people in my family do that are undiagnosed, and I've had lots of miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. 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 I think, I don't know if you've ever met with a nutritionist, uh, but it's, you know, we work at healing that intestinal lining so that you actually break down and get more nutrients out of your food. And until you do that, if you just take away the gluten and you don't heal the intestinal tract, um, I think you're going halfway because mm-hmm. you're still not getting all the nutrients out of your food. You still have that inflamed intestinal tract, that small intestinal tract. So I would encourage you to make an appointment make it, with one yeah. of the nutritionists and come in and see if we, you know, can help you balance out your system better. Okay, I love your show. It sounds like a wonderful idea. Thank oh, you. Good. Thank you very much. Thank Appreciate you. it. So we are. We were talking about reducing that insulin resistance. Yep, and we were talking about slow carbs and fast carbs. All right. So when you eat fast carbs or too many carbs for your body, and if you've got PCOS or insulin resistance, it doesn't take too many grams of carbs to be too much, by the way. It definitely. And I can attest to that one. Yes. You have to be very careful. Very vigilant about this. Too many carbs leads to high blood sugar, which then leads to excess insulin. And it's that excess insulin over time that leads to something called insulin resistance. And we know insulin resistance has a negative impact on every cell and every organ in your body. That's Everyone. a big state. Everyone. Yes. And today, I don't know, Dar, but I think it's so easy to get overcarbed. You have to really be on guard and on alert all the time. If we step up to that coffee counter and order a chocolate chip frappuccino, you're going to get overcarbed. There's 86 grams of carbs in that, or let me just put it in terms that you might understand, 21 and a half teaspoons of sugar. Mm -hmm. So instead, order your coffee with real cream. There are no carbs. It's a much better choice. And you might be getting overcarbed at breakfast if you are having two cups of Smart Start cereal and eight ounces of orange juice. Now, people would think that sounds like a good breakfast. But not if you have PCOS. And, of course, those are the things you would crave if you have PCOS. Very true. Two cups of cereal and a glass of juice is also 86 grams of carbs. Oh, no. Or, again, again, Kate, how many teaspoons of sugar? 21 and a half teaspoons of sugar. You go measure that out, and then you'll be Maybe you will not have cereal for breakfast. So a better breakfast for insulin resistance would be, or PCOS, would be a couple of eggs, a half a cup of cooked sweet, sweet potato, a cup of broccoli with some butter. 
There, you've only got 18 grams of carbs or four and a half teaspoons of sugar. That's a lot less than 21. Perfectly balanced. You know, we have found when you start replacing slow carbs for fast carbs and also replacing refined oils and partially hydrogenated fat with good fats, such as olive oil, butter, coconut oil, nuts, olives, you start to reduce your insulin resistance and hopefully you'll start to decrease your PCOS. And, you know, we wanted to share some lifestyle and nutritional factors that will increase fertility in both men and women. Okay, so let's start. Okay. We got some good ones here. Detox. So, uh, yep, go ahead. Detox that ex- excess estrogen. And remember we talked about adding broccoli and kale and Brussels sprouts for breakfast? That does it. Yeah, and maybe taking estrofactors if you need to do that. And then reduce insulin resistance. And we talked about slow carbs. Slow carbs, getting those good fats in. Eat 12 to 16 ounces of protein a day throughout the day in little chunks, three or four ounces at a time. And that's a favorite for you, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, I love that one. Avoid the trans fats. Those are the hydrogenated oils. Avoid the refined oils, the canola oil. So look on your packages. If you're eating a, a, a donut or something you're going to see that it has partially hydrogenated fat in it. Look at your cereal bars, partially hydrogenated fat. You know, look at all these things. You know, look at fast food, partially hydrogenated fat. So eat a variety of good fats throughout the day, including full-fat dairy products, and that is actually what the Harvard researchers found. Absolutely. Full-fat milk, yogurt, eat it. Cottage cheese, full-fat. Yes, and it's this is the one that I think people have just, it makes their brain spin spin around in their head. It's very hard for them to reach for that in that, that case at the grocery store. You know, and also some other fats that they could eat is like avocados are great for mm-hmm. fertility. Mm-hmm. You know, almond butter is great for fertility. All those really great kinds of fats. So good fats. And then is there any other thing that they need to do? Eat your veggies. Eat your veggies. Eat Four to six times a day, get enough sleep. Eight to nine hours of sleep a day are really important. And I think that's, you know, again, if you're having trouble sleeping or you just don't have the habit of going to bed on time and getting eight, we see so many people that are getting five and six hours of sleep. But we can also help them get more sleep very easily. And this is another one that came out of the Harvard research, exercise. But don't overdo it. Yes. So. Moderate exercise, but not marathons. <laughs> yes. So again, you know, maybe you exercise a half an hour or 45 minutes a day. Not too intense. But again, you don't run for miles and miles and miles during this time when you're trying to become more fertile. That's what it, what we're saying. Exactly. I mean, after you have your six kids. Well, then exercise your life away. (laughs) Run away from them. (laughs) (laughs) Eliminate that alcohol and soda. And soda. Absolutely. Also leading to that insulin resistance. So I think that's another thing that people don't realize that sodas, whether they're diet sodas or sodas with sugar, can lead to insulin resistance, which then can lead to polycystic ovarian syndrome, and it's... Uh, infertility. And there you are. 
no. infertility. Well, I hope those were helpful ideas for people today. And, you know, I, you know, the other thing is that I think when we look at this whole picture, this is just a healthy way for anyone to eat. So in the long run, you'll have a healthy family. Yes, you will. So, again, Kate, as we talk about this, as we think about this, you know, if you were if you were sitting down with a client, what would be one of the first things that you might look at for increasing fertility? And let's just say, you know, maybe you're sitting down with a, a woman. I'd for sure ask her to eat some fats. Okay. <laughs> Good idea. That's where I'd go. All right. So thank you for listening. Hopefully. Have a wonderful weekend. Yes. Life, I love you. All is crew. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.